So we're up in the King Valley. It's a little brisk this morning, but it's beautiful. Yesterday was just a beautiful sunny day up here. So we're, we're at Pizzini Wines. and um, How awesome is it to be in Virginal Victoria? Oh, unbelievable. It's, it's just awesome. You know, you, you go to the pub and people are there just like normal. It's great. Footy so clubs in, netball clubs in. Exactly. Um, so. Mingling. Having a beer, yep. No one getting too, no one getting too worried. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, it's great to be up here, and it's uh, it's with thanks to uh, to uh, Victoria or Vic Wine, which is uh, and and the initiative behind the vines, which we will hear about later. Yep. Uh, it's also brought to you by Tourism Northeast, and we'll be speaking with Bess later on. Uh, so, uh, and also thank you to to Pizzini Wines, and we. Uh, we obviously have Nat on the show regularly, but we've now got Nat's dad, Fred, to have a chat. And uh, you're hosting us here, and thank you. Thank you for having us. Good Thanks morning, for having Sean. us, Fred. Good morning, Nick. Um, welcome to the slightly brisk but, um, but beautiful King Valley. Yep. It's it, it is winter. Well, it is winter. Is beautiful. But it is a beautiful time to come mm. to the King, I think. It's, um, you know, we were... we. We were uh, down at Sam Miranda yesterday, and he's mm. got fire pots out the front, you know, out in the courtyard area, and you've got your, the, you know, the, the heaters going here, and it's great. Yeah, it's, it's a look, you know, it's, you know, it offers four different seasons of the King Valley, mm. and winter's one of them, and, and you're right, the fire pots and the, the gas burners and the, and the heaters are buzzing inside cellar door. Yep. Um, really, it's quite beautiful. And, and if you're really cold, you put another jumper on. Like, lovely today, it's cloudy, but it's yeah. misty on the hills. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, beautiful it's today. Yesterday was sunny. Yeah, it's quite special. It is. Really special. Yeah, it's the the valley of old. <laughs> Back to the to the weather you remember as as a young fellow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Winters always used to be from 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 July till about you know August, pretty 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 wet like this. You'd see the sun maybe maybe three three weeks out of those five or six weeks. Yeah, yeah. Quite misty, but still beautiful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And and gee, the valley's changed even even since we were here mm. two years ago. Mm. Um, you know, there's. There's, you know, we, we called in at the brewery uh, yesterday, and you know that's that's going, you know, great guns and yeah. It's a look, it's it's a welcome um, um, new new tourism, you know, trip to come out into the valley, and and, and the reason, like you said, the brewery, which um, Brendan's doing a terrific job down there, beautiful beers, you know, there's a lot more accommodation starting to happen, mm. so it's really nice to see some, you know, external people investing in the region, you know, uh, behind. Know, the major investments that all the wineries have made in the actual King Valley itself, so yeah. it's really beautiful to see. Yeah, and and you guys, um, you know, along with um, Del Zotto and, and Chris Mont and mm. and you know Sam Miranda and, and then the guys at Browns in part, um, you've really you've led the charge and you've, and you've brought this tourism aspect um, to the King. So it's not just about wine; it's about food. It's about yeah. the the Italian hospitality. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there, there definitely food play plays a really big part, and there's yeah. some really magnificent offerings in the valley, right, right from from Millerwa right up to the top end to the Whitfield and Chestnut with a new addition, the oven, which is you know bakes bakes beautiful bread, right, beautiful pizzas um, from Thomas Moritz. Um, again, yeah. another another beautiful thing. And Chestnut, you know, two years ago there'd be two cars in that little village. You go there today, yeah. and there's 50 cars in that little village, brought about by you know the the, the oven and and the, and the local cafe. So it's quite special. Yeah, to see that happening. The timing's perfect too because everyone wants to be out of Melbourne now, yeah. as you know. So um, every weekend here at the moment would be very, very busy. Yeah, it is, and it's really beautiful, and it's really, and, and we're, it's really nice for us to look after them, look after them properly, and give them a really good experience. You know, whether it's um, just just good hospitality. Mm. G'day, mate. How's it going? You know. Yeah. And um, and let people tell them. They'll, they'll tell you their stories. Which is quite beautiful. Which is something we've really noticed up here, Simon. We were talking about this yesterday versus some other parts of parts closer to Melbourne where it's a little bit different. Um, it's certainly you get, you get that natural hospitality up this part of the world. 
Yeah, well, it's what you do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty family, much. Family. That's and what it is, yeah. And, yeah, and, and it's food and wine in equal parts as opposed to maybe, you know, um, a culture that, that might just, you know, would bring the wine and that's mm. the hero of the thing. Mm. This is, it, everything's complementary. Yeah, it's, it's more about the food than it is about the wine. Yeah. And there's no question the wine plays a part. Yes. I know when, whenever we all travel and go to different wine regions, we think about what, which restaurant are we going to eat in, you know what I mean? And then we talk about the wine, so... Yeah. So it's yeah, it's important. Well, food's important to 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 the valley. It's important to the Italian culture. Yeah, it's sort of a reason to come mm. together, I guess. Is it? Yeah, 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 very much. Yeah, very much. Um, so tell us a little bit about the history. So your your father or your parents came yep. came here and came to the valley, and you were saying that the uh, the property that we're on now, um, you, you know, you've changed it substantially but but they used to call you the swamp indians <laughs> <laughs> which which when you think back in hindsight it was probably a good compliment <laughs> um yeah they're gonna we've got this beautiful little waterway that that that, that that's self-fed from springs yeah. coming from the vineyards up on them up on the hills behind us and and it runs all year round 24 7 and i uh, said so you know in, in in the original days the water used to spill everywhere yeah so dad being an engineer managed to put just a and I, I mean just a small drain not a big drain but it was sufficient to drain it off, and so the whole small. It's like a channel, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a channel, yeah. and it's you know over the years because I, I love fishing, mm-hmm. and whenever I go up the top end of the King River, I always bring home a, a beautiful weed that grows along the waterways, and and I've been quietly planting them <laughs> along <laughs> the the waterway. So there's all natural, beautiful natural weeds yeah. Yeah. that are uh, that are growing in the waterway itself. So it's quite quite beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And so, mm-hmm. the, in the early days, there was um, share farming on, yep. on this property as well. So, some migrant families would come out, and they'd be given the ability to come and, and start a little plot and, and start providing for their family. Yeah, they did, and it was uh, you know because the, the farm was developed in 1959, 1960. So the buildings we see around us were built in 1960, um, and and it, and and it was built for a tobacco property. Mm-hmm. And back in them days, the family were quite large tobacco producers and had a large number of share farmers working on the estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the bulk of them were, were young young migrants made up of a, which was quite made up from some northern Italians, a lot of southern Italians. There was a, a lot of Greeks and there was a lot of Yugoslavs and, and um, it was a real mix, mix of, of European families, young families. Mm-hmm. And at the peak of the, of, the, of, the, of the farm when it was running at its peak, there was 34 children going to the local primary school Right. In Whitfield, yeah. 34. So they all walked to school. So you could imagine 34 kids walking. Mind you, you'd only probably saw two cars yes. a day at the, in those days. Wow. And I think there was about 110 kids going to the school. So 34 of them were coming off the property. Wow. So it was quite it was quite a buzz. It was incredible. It was, it was a great environment to grow up in. And they were all living on the property. They were all living on the property, yeah. Wow. So how old were you then? Were you the same age as those kids? Pretty or? much, yeah. I was. I grew up with them. Six. I was yeah. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. Yeah. And you know, the thing was, of course, the share farmer would only probably share farm for two years or three years, and then then the family would move on or would you know buy property in Melbourne or. So it or kind of gave them their start. Yeah. And, and that was enough time to kind of get enough money together to then go and buy their yeah. own. Yeah. Yeah, because we've we got to remember most of these people weren't farmers. Mm. But it was, but but it was a way of, of, of making, you know, earning some money yeah. when they first moved into the country, and they couldn't speak English, so. But because there was families of groups and families, they managed to speak the same language, and mm-hmm. they were attracted into yeah. the industry yeah. because they knew there was Italians. So then, lo and behold, that's where they'd end up. Yeah. So the turnover of people's word of mouth was it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
So yeah, lots of lots of um, relatives of, of, of people yeah. coming through and yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? There was the Bonagilla, you know, which was the the, the intern back at, in Albury Wodonga. So quite a few of them would yeah. come out from that environment yeah. um, when when as the industry was growing, more people were needed. It was quite quite an interesting period. So it was tobacco all through here, with a little bit of um, cattle as well. Or? Yeah, there was when, when in the sixties the, the valley was main, mainly dairy cattle mm -hmm. and cattle. Yep. That was that was that was the main ink source of income. But at, at and, and, and at that same period in the early sixties, you know the, the irrigation systems in Shepparton were developed in Newmerca. So a lot of the dairy farmers sold here and moved into the irrigation areas um, further further north. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, the tobacco industry was booming, mm. so they had people actually buying their properties. Yeah, right. So it was just sort of it was quite amazing. So, and that went on for about nearly 30 years. Gee. And so, so you saw the writing on the wall with tobacco. Um, you know, it was it was starting to tighten up, I guess. And yep. and um, someone explained to me yesterday that in part um, the the industry it, its demise was partly because of the chop chop. Um, tobacco that was sold out the side door and, and the big guys were going, well, hang on, we, we want that. And the government said, well, we want the money too. We want the other bit at the same yeah. time, yeah. There's some, there's some beautiful stories around that, but we might not go into no. them. <laughs> <laughs> but but you, there was, it was, it's right, to, you had a harvest that was at a, at a set period of time, but you could only sell your up to your allocation each month. Yeah. And so well, you had yeah. stuff extra. Pretty, pretty much. What, what happened really uh, over time, the, 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 the production or the quota system was reducing. Mm -hmm. um, it was a combination of a, 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 few, a little bit less smoking, but it was a little bit more political than that. It was more that the companies didn't want to actually use Australian tobacco in their cigarettes right? because it was a little bit more expensive um, than what they could get out of Rhodesia, South Africa and Chile and places like that. So, so the writing was on the wall. So it became really an industry that was a hand in mouth and me and my, my beautiful wife, Katrina, we just thought of, you know, we wanted to stay on the property and we just felt that um, the industry was not going to serve us well going forward, even though it did for a long, long time. Yeah. Yep. We, 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 we looked at alternative crops from, from blueberries. I know I remember growing, growing 25 acres of zucchinis one year and I thought, I'll never do that again because hmm. they're, they're always pretty low to the ground yep. and they never go any higher. And, and lo and behold, you know, that we had a, a massive opportunity um, with when Peter Brown asked us if we'd like to grow grapes for them. Mm. So that was our break. I mean, that, that was in 1976, and we planted our first vineyards in 1978. Right. And what did you plant? Um, Riesling. Riesling. Is, is that what they asked for? Yeah. 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 And you've still got that Riesling, some of that Riesling today, haven't you? We've still got Riesling. The, the original vineyard, no. The original vineyard is pretty much that paddock we see out in front of us. Right. That that was pulled out about 12 years ago, because um, with phylloxera coming into the valley, right. um, it was not, you know they, the vineyards basically degenerated and died. Right. Oh, so but they actually did get um, phylloxera. Yeah, they did yeah. get phylloxera. Yes. And so you've planted now on roots uh, on Two on rootstocks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was all. That was all that was available back in the in the early 70s. There was no real rootstocks that were suitable to the cooler climate regions okay. in the industry. So it took took a few years. Yeah. For the for the to, to catch up. And so, so you, you move into grapes, and and Browns are, have a, an increasing appetite for grapes, and yep. people, are, you know, the, the Delzotos as well, and and so everyone in the valley changed over essentially into vines, yep. uh, and then Browns were also planting at the same time, and so then they became self-sufficient, yep. and they didn't need the growers anymore, and then you've gone, right, so now we have great 
grapes, but we don't have a brand yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the old thing. We talk now about this thing called you know pivoting. Well, you guys have been doing it forever. Forever, yeah. It's quite interesting. I can always remember the day when I when I did get that letter that we don't require your your fruit anymore. Um, I don't think I worked for about three weeks. I. Um, which was quite interesting, which is not normal for me. Yeah. But I spent the, 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 the three weeks doing footpaths around my house, which Katrina was really happy, of, yeah. I might add, because <laughs> normally, you know, that was the last thing you'd work on. That was an, that was an interesting period, but it was a period, I suppose, that, that shine a light, that, we, that it said that we want to be, you know, let's, let's, let's do some secondary, you know, secondary um, um, production and go into winemaking and be in mm. control of our destiny, really. Mm. That was really a, a light shine up and... Yeah, and we said let's let's take control. So, how long did it take you to, to gear up to produce, uh, make your own wine, bottle it, yeah, under your own brand? We it, it, it we started very slow, <laughs> very very slow, because um, at the same time we were developing a, a little company called King Valley Wines, which was a, a contract wine making company um, to process fruit in the King Valley. Mm -hmm that was being shipped all around Australia in the wine industry of Australia, because of phylloxera, we couldn't send out um, fruit. Yep. We had to send out juice. Mm -hmm. So there w we did have a small production facility. So it really it was all born from that point. Okay, so you had period. something to, to, to lean on straight yeah, away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas today, you know, there was five, at that period of time, we had five um, like-minded people share, you know, shared in the company today. Today, the company's ran by Pizzini's and Chrismont. The other guys, you know, they went out of the industry and went and did other other things, mm -hmm. but that, but it, it worked well and it serviced it served the the the, the wine, you know, the, the King Valley really really well to be able to sell fruit beyond. So what was what was the year that Pizzini, the Pizzini um, brand was born? Um, the first wine that we made for sale was um, 1994. 94, and what did you put out in the market in 94? There was um, 300 cases of Chardonnay. Chardonnay, yeah. okay. <laughs> and how much Chardonnay do you make now? Well, we don't. Yes. <laughs> we've, we've turned a complete circle, as beautiful as it is and as great as it was, um, with, with us introducing the varieties like Sangiovese and, and Nebbiolo and Pinot Grigio, Arnaeus and Verduzzo. You know what I mean? We, we, we um, yeah, so, well, you know, all our vineyards are all nearly 95. About 98% northern Italian varieties. Were those varieties actually in Australia at that stage, or are they still being um, they're still in quarantine? They were. Some of the varieties were in the Department of Agriculture, Nursery, and Mildura. Mm -hmm. There was which had they'd been sitting there for about a hundred years. Right. So they'd already come in. They were, they were ready to, ready to use it. No they were ready to use. To use. There okay. wasn't many of them, so the propagation took a long time because there, there was only one, three vines of Nebbiolo at that period of time. And six buds. Six buds. And we propagated up from and that period. And did you get the first lot out? Yep. Was it? Okay. So yep. we're, we're in the birthplace. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you probably are. You know, um, I suppose it's quite it's an interesting story because I know, you know, Chris, my, my, my cousin Arnie was involved, Del Zotto's, Pizzini's, and, and Gary Critton from Dramana played a really big role, I yeah, think. That was the eye, the eye. Uh, the eye, eye. Label, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. remember it well. So most of the fruit that was going into any of the Italian wine styles back in them days were coming off these vineyards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's he's got an amazing property down there. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. terrific, terrific, um, a terrific person for the wine industry. Yeah, yeah. and Roll is doing an amazing job in the family business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. He's yeah, because mm -hmm. he's he's making wine for yeah. them as well. Um, so yeah, look, just amazing how the valley, you know, how that mm -hmm. whole evolution as you tell that story and um, you know the. You've still got your tobacco kilns here, yeah. And, 
but the, you were telling the story about um, the, so it was built in the sixties, but it's had a few different. Um, it's had a few different facelifts, facelift. yeah. <laughs> so, so it started yes. off as a cellador. It started off as a tobacco curing barns, yep. and then when we went out of the, out of the industry, and um, we Dad was using it for his little winery, yep. which he made his wines, and it hang his salamis and all that, and that sort of stuff, which was suitable for that. Yep. It was a dirt floor, and it it smelt right. It yep. wasn't um, it wasn't underground, but above the ground, but it smelt like it was underground. And then we um, we turned it into our cellador when we started to do wine you know wine tasting and through yeah. through there and which was that was a really interesting period too because when we did start our cellar door we would probably get maybe three visitors a week wow. you know which was really but we were pretty happy with three yeah let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> where were they coming from um wang or melbourne or further? melbourne yeah yeah because yeah. we were selling some of our sangioveses in melbourne so they were drinking it at walter's sure. wine bar or oh, yeah. a number of yep. different restaurants in melbourne so then they you know the people come looking for it so it was really terrific to get yeah. you know to see people t- travel that far to come Did and you taste get your product. Lynn Evans or Halliday or anyone up anyone like that. Yeah, no, yeah. we've had James here a few times. James, yeah, yeah just taste our wines here. Yeah. Yeah. But they always received very well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they're beautiful wines. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then it's so. It's and then from 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 the cellar door, we've um, we did a redevelopment at, at the at the winery, and we we turned it into our bathrooms. Mm-hmm. So it's had a, an incredible return on investment. Yes. <laughs> and I think you know, and when you look at them, um, there'll be no question that they will stay here forever. Yeah, solid, solid. Yeah, yeah. well, they've been here since. What are they? Nearly sixty years, whatever they are. Yeah, and they're still looking. They, and they you, were you built see, yesterday. see quite a few around. And, and when we speak with Sam Miranda later, he, he's got a tower at, at yeah. his cellar door, and, and in <coughs> part that is paying homage to to these kilns. To the kilns, yeah. and then they've blended that with. Um, with a little sl- you know, slit in it that's like yeah. Ned Kelly's helmet sort of thing. So <laughs> it's really clever. Um, yeah, it is clever. Combo of everything. Yeah, because I know um, when, when, when the family first moved to Australia, they did do a couple of years in the Ovens Valley up in Porpunka and, and Dad and his brothers built their own kilns out of like, like log cabins basically back in them days. And, and there's, they, donate, they donated two of them. Um, one's just on the outskirts of Murderford, which is, a, is a pretty much a monument to the tobacco industry. Yep. Which um, which Dad built, and there's one in Bright. Beautiful, beautiful buildings. Mm. Yeah, must yeah. must check them out. Absolutely. Um, it's, look, it's a beautiful part of the world up here, and, and thank you again for having us. And um, you know, we we look forward to coming back for you know some of your functions, which are just famous. Yeah. And, you know, they sell out. So if anyone wants to to follow Pizzini, then obviously there's social media that you know Nat kind of is all across, mm. and uh, and then join the mailing list so you can hear about the. What's going on in the valley? Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Nick. I've really appreciated taking the time um, for you guys to come up here and talk to us and and showcase, yeah, the lovely part of Victoria. Yep. We we couldn't be happier, Fred, and uh, (laughs) thanks thanks for your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you.